Welcome into the Solo Shot Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Dom Mana. Happy Solo Shot Saturday, everyone. Wasn't able to fit a weekly episode in between the series as well as I could with the last couple. Being a seven-game series, and I'm thankful because they're competitive. That's all I was asking for with this championship series was that these games these series go six, seven games. These teams are good enough top to bottom to do so. And I have not been disappointed. When you talk about October baseball, you talk about the legends of the game, the biggest moments and stuff that gets remembered for generations. There are players that are just built for October. People talk about Reggie Jackson, Mr. October. It's three home run game in the World Series. But a lot of people, as large as life as Reggie Jackson is, wouldn't put Jose Altuve in that same conversation. And you know why? He's smaller than me. Five, six. Just a guy who is all hustle, heart, slow pulse, gets the job done. And I felt really good after game two with the Rangers stealing both games in Houston against their two best pitchers on paper. And I was like, well, I like my Rangers pick. It's looking really good. Now they go home. They might lose this Christian Javier start, but I think they can win at least one of these home games, probably two of them to finish the series. And the Astros showed what I've been trying to talk about with these perennial winners all season. When you have studs, they figure it out. And Jose Altuve figured it out here in game five to make the Astros come all the way back down to nothing. Now up three, two going back to Houston on Sunday with a chance to clinch. Jose Altuve has a lot of baggage being the face of a lot of people's criticism for the 2017 Astros cheating scandal. And while that team deserves a lot of the hate that they get from baseball fans across the league, if you just look at what's been going on, it's going to be really clear to you that Jose Altuve is overcoming all of these different things, not only because he's 5'6", one of the shortest players in Major League Baseball, but Jose Altuve, if you look back to the reports during that 2017 trash can banging season, Jose Altuve was one of the players that benefited the least from it, which seems to indicate that he condoned it, which is still a crime, but was not one of the ringleaders, one of the people that was like, yes, this is my steroids, this is my leg up on the competition. And if you look at Jose Altuve, three-time batting champion, 
guy who's been an all-star, I think, seven, eight times. Over 2,000 hits. He's going to finish his career with over 300 home runs. But when he comes to the postseason, 26 home runs. Second all-time in postseason play to Manny Ramirez. 87 runs scored, second all-time. 114 hits, fourth all-time. And 46 extra base hits, fourth all-time. He's played over 100 postseason games, and it doesn't matter who's hitting around him. He gets it done. And that's something where last year's Astros championship wasn't just Dusty Baker getting over the hump and finally winning a World Series, that final pin in his hat to his Hall of Fame career. It was for the Astros because while Altuve and Bregman and Maldonado, there was a few guys that are still from that 2017 team. They've gotten past it, and they've brought up a ton of players that were not involved with that team, and they won with that core. With Jose Altuve, instead of being the young prime MVP, He's the grueling old veteran who comes up in the biggest moments. And he's a future Hall of Famer, man. I know he might not get in first ballot because of the Houston situation. It's totally possible. But when you look at second baseman in the history of the game, Rogers Hornsby is one of the greatest right-handed hitters of all time. Joe Morgan, multiple MVPs on the big red machine. Rod Carew, split his time between second and first base. Batting champion many times, one of the greatest contact hitters ever. But second base is not a deep position in the Hall of Fame. And I believe that Jose Altuve will be in the upper half, at least. In very good arguments at the end of his career, you could probably say he's top five. And a big part of that has to do with what he does in the biggest moments. And coming in there in a situation where he has a chance in the ninth inning to give his team the lead, he came through. And I just want to give him his flowers because he's been getting a lot of hate across baseball for years now. And a lot of it is not deserved. He's someone that's persevered through injuries. He has persevered through aging. He has persevered through all the fans across the league who boo him when he comes to their ballpark. And Jose Altuve has gotten the job done year in, year out. So he may be 5'6", maybe one of the smallest players in postseason play, but he was truly built for October. And that leads the question now with that iconic home run by Altuve and the Astros officially going up in the series three to two, can the Rangers recover? I sure hope so. I would love for my pick to be correct. No, that hasn't been the, uh, the case a lot of this postseason. The Texas Rangers first two games, Montgomery, Ivaldi, they dealt. And the lineup 
just all the way through was mashing. They go home with a lead, and the bats get quiet in game one. Christian Javier's been amazing in the postseason. I knew they had a chance to lose that game. But the problem was the next game, they come out there. Max Scherzer made a recovery but did not look good in game three. They come out in game four, and they get shellacked. This Astros lineup put up 10 runs. Altuve, Bregman, Abreu, Alvarez, all in on the action with Kyle Tucker, who was their second best hitter in the postseason last year during their World Series run, going 0 for 5. One of the better two-way outfielders in the game. This Houston lineup is dangerous too. And now you're going back into enemy territory, back into Houston. And you're hoping that you can win both those games on the road. Granted, what's a big advantage in this series is there's not a ton of travel. You get the days off, but you're not traveling cross-country. You're going a couple hours east. But that's what's great about this Texas team is that Montgomery, Evaldi, they have the arms to shut down this lineup possibly, or at least keep them in it. And their bats are going to be crucial in this series. They were quiet in games three and four. Game five, Adolis Garcia, El Bombi hit one of the biggest home runs in his Major League Baseball career. And he walked real slow to first base, spiked the bat, got the whole crowd into it, gave his team the lead at home. And then after that, Maldonado and Abreu threw a pitch inside that hit him in his next at bat. And the Texas offense, despite then having two runners on, nobody out, have Ryan Presley come into the game who's been untouchable this postseason and shuts down an opportunity to get more insurance runs. And in a situation where innings ago, Adolis Garcia was the reason why Texas gained the momentum back. It seemed by getting hit by the pitch and starting a bench-clearing situation that got Dusty Baker and Maldonado and uh, Brian Abreu thrown out. Took the momentum out of their sails. They weren't able to get another run on the board. And if they were able to just get one run on the board, that Altuve home run would have been for the tie, not for the lead in the ninth inning. So just the way that this Texas team has shriveled up in the moment at home doesn't give me a lot of faith that back-to-back games against the defending champs, they'll be able to overtake them with a chance to clinch. But you have to give this Texas lineup a swinger's chance. They're the same type of offense like Houston that can explode for double-digit runs they did in game two. And this team in Texas, they're offensive first. Yes, they have some nasty starting pitchers. Yes, their bullpen has been slightly better in the postseason than it was in the regular season. But it's really going to come down to these bats and what they can do in Houston with the game online. I'm very much looking forward to 
seeing it. Game five was a classic, and no matter if this game goes six or seven, I've been blessed to watch this series and blessed to ride the Rangers hype train up to this point. But the NLCS deserves some love too. And I feel like it's been the series less talked about, uh, mainly because Arizona, as amazing as they've been, haven't been looked at as a real contender. And much like I felt really good after the first two games picking Texas, I felt really good after the first two games picking Philadelphia because those two games at the bank, not only did Wheeler and Nola deal, but the lineup has been hitting home run after home run and putting up crazy offensive statistics. So the Philadelphia Phillies were looking like to be in a prime spot. Game three on the road against Brandon Fott, who I have been critical of. I said that the Diamondbacks at the trade deadline need to get a third competent starting pitcher, a veteran, because I don't trust the likes of Brandon Fott and Ryan Nelson. But Brandon Fott went out there with his team's back against the wall, and he shoved. Five and a third innings against the hottest offense in baseball. No runs. Absolutely brilliant. And Paul Seawald, while the Diamondbacks bullpen did crumble in Citizens Bank Park. They've recovered at home. Paul Seawald has been lights out, hasn't given up a run this postseason. And in game four, game three gets a six save. And then in game four, an amazing comeback. We had back-to-back amazing baseball games for once this postseason where Altuve hits that home run in the ninth. And then we also have where the Diamondbacks come back down three. Uh, They come back with three runs in the eighth to win the game by one. Absolutely amazing baseball. Gabriel Moreno is making a name for himself this year and you saw it i talked about it a little bit in the wild card round gabriel moreno and lourdes guriel getting those two guys for dalton varsho has been a screaming success you get a young catcher that can manage a pitching staff and can also hit and then lourdes guriel had a career year was an all-star and made the best defensive play i've ever seen from him in his whole career up against the wall in left field The Diamondbacks are a team. And I said that they could push the Phillies six, seven games, and I believe it. This game five tonight, eight o'clock, it's going to be can't miss. It's a brand new series, tied two games apiece. Will Philadelphia fall into Texas's trap of getting up early and then losing three straight games? Or will Philadelphia put themselves in the position of Houston and going back to the bank with two chances to clinch six and seven. I think it's going to be amazing baseball. You got Zach Gallen, who didn't do well in his home city of Philly in game one. Merrill Kelly did okay in game two, gave up only a couple of solo home runs. But this Arizona team has a real shot to shock the world and knock off the Phillies. 
But regardless what happens the next couple games, I just am so happy that we're finally having these games matter. And not that it wasn't before, but teams were just straight up dominating their opponent. And the series weren't that interesting for that reason. We're finally seeing some fight. And these teams, they're as primed as they're going to be for a chance to go to the World Series. And that's such a beautiful thing. I hope you've enjoyed watching the games. And I will go into the deeper performances when it's all wrapped up based off the teams that are in the World Series and kind of highlight that matchup and where I think the winner will come from. But thank you so much. 30 episodes strong of you guys spending part of your week with me. Those that hop in live, I appreciate you as well. When we round the third baseline here at the Solo Shot Sports Podcast, we like to throw it back to this day in baseball history to a moment that is significant. And we're in postseason territory. So a year ago today, some amazing moments. But something that is topical and something that is really huge was on this date, October 21st, in 1980, the Philadelphia Phillies clinched their first World Series title in their 98-year history as a franchise. And this 1980 Phillies team was a juggernaut. Mike Schmidt, the best third baseman of all time. Pete Rose, the all-time hit leader. But this game six win, where they won four to one, was all about lefty. Steve Carlton, who is one of the most overlooked pitchers in the history of baseball. Steve Carlton learned under Bob Gibson's tutelage early in his career for the St. Louis Cardinals. And when he felt he was being lowballed for his talents, he found his way to Philadelphia and became a Hall of Famer. Stuck with them through the bad years. Had one of the most impressive pitching seasons of all time where he won over 20 games for a team that had 100 losses. And Steve Carlton was lights out four hits during this start against a lofty Royals lineup with Hall of Famer George Brett and company. Tug McGraw coming in for the last two innings to get the save, getting Willie Wilson for the final out of the game. And this turned the Phillies from lovable losers into legitimate champions. Carlton Rose Schmidt, who was the World Series MVP, they were the highlights. But guys like Tug McGraw, who was amazing for them, are part of the reason why this red October feeling that you see in Citizens Bank, which is the most electric ballpark I've seen so far this postseason on TV, is because of that momentum. And Veterans Park saw that in 1980. They saw it again when the Phillies got back there in 93. And the city of Philadelphia is feeling it both from the Ryan Howard Chase Utley days in 2008 and 9 back to this new crop with Bryce Harper 
2022 last year's ride as well as this year's ride where the team is even better. Phillies, regardless if they win this World Series or not, they got some of the best fans in baseball. And if you're a neutral baseball fan, you don't have a team that's still left in it. They have to be the most likable team left. They have the pitching. They have just the fun guys that seem to love playing together. Has a very 2013 Red Sox feel to me where there's just a bunch of beards and a bunch of home runs being hit. It's a lot of fun to watch. And on this date, 43 years ago, the Phillies became champions for the first time and now are on the brink of another fall classic. Regardless of which two teams match up, whether it's my predicted Rangers and Phillies, Astros, Phillies, Rangers, Diamondbacks, or Astros, Diamondbacks, I'm confident that this is going to be an amazing World Series. And I cannot wait to cover it for all of you. I cannot wait to sit down and watch every game. It's going to be so fun watching competitive baseball on its biggest stage. Someone's going to steal a bag, get us all free tacos. And it's going to be an amazing cap to an amazing first season here on YouTube, broadcasting to all you wonderful people. So if you enjoyed the show, please like, subscribe if you haven't already, and share with a baseball fan who loves the game as much as we do. I'm going to keep coming back every Solo Shot Saturday throughout the entire offseason, just giving every single major trade, signing, and rumor that we have to talk about. Appreciate you as always. Enjoy your Solo Shot Saturday. Have an amazing weekend finishing up this series. I'll be back at you next week before the World Series starts. Peace.